The Direction Daily S&P 500 Bull and Bear 3X Shares ETFs. Trade under the ticker SPXL for the 3X Bull and XPSS for the 3X Bear. These leveraged ETFs seek a return that is 300% of the performance of the S&P 500 index for a single day. The S&P 500 index holdings include names such as Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, and Facebook, with index sector weightings including information technology, healthcare, financials, and consumer discretionary. These are highly leveraged ETFs with daily resetting designed for short-term trading, not long-term investing. To magnify your short-term perspective, whether you're a bull or a bear on S&P 500, you choose the direction. For up-to-date pricing and performance, go to direction.com. Index holdings are subject to change. Investing in the funds involves significant risk and should only be utilized by investors who understand the impact of leverage and actively monitor their portfolio. They are not designed to track the underlying index for more than a day before investing. Carefully consider a fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at Direction.com. Read carefully. Distributor Foresight Fund Services. What would Darth Vader say if he was a dividend income investor? I don't know. Maybe something like, don't underestimate the power of compounding dividends. And costume choice aside, he'd have a very strong point. A $10,000 investment in the S&P 500 without dividends grew to almost $800,000, whereas that same ten grand with dividends reinvested jumped to almost $5 million over a six-decade span. On today's ETF Battles, we're going to have a contest between dividend ETFs from the same exact family. Invesco, who's ready for a family feud? I am. Stick around. This is ETF Battles. I'm Ronda Leggi, and welcome to the show. If you need help deciding between or analyzing ETFs versus each other, well, that's what we're here for. Send us your ETF ticker symbols in the comment section below or on our Twitter feed, at ETF Guide, and we'll take a look. We can also do ETF versus mutual fund or ETF versus closed-end fund matchups. And again, if we choose your suggested contest, you win your choice of an ETF Battles coffee mug or a shirt. Uh, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Also, be sure to visit the description section below. We've got links to our program judges, along with our program sponsor, Direction Investments. Plus, you can join the waiting list for our new margin of safety investing tool. Again, the link is provided below. The significant contribution to the total performance return that dividends add is underappreciated. During the past 90 years, on average, 40% of the S&P's 500's total return came from dividends alone. And besides giving investors some cushion, dividends give people in their retirement years money to spend and live on. Today's dividend bash was requested by Daniel, and it's between a pair of dividend income ETFs from the same company, Invesco. I'm ready for a family feud. How about you? Helping us sort through it is Cynthia Murphy with the ETF Think Tank, and James Seifert at Bloomberg. Judges, thank you for being here. Great to see you again. Hey, Ron. Happy to be here. Hey, Ron. Thanks for having me. So our four battle categories are cost, exposure strategy, performance, and yield are combined. And then we've got our mystery category, which is where you can decide on that single factor or multiple factors or whatever thing that you think is crucial to today's matchup. Our judges can nominate wildcard ETFs if they feel there's better choices elsewhere. They can also opt for split decisions. They can protest. Yes, they can protest. They can't boycott, though. It's completely up to them. 
I've got the scorekeeping chores. At the end of the show, we're going to declare an overall winner. Keep in mind, none of the battle outcomes are ever predetermined or known in advance by myself or our judges. So let's kick things off with James. Get us started, James, in the first category, cost. Yeah, so this one's pretty cut and dry. Uh, if you look at it, PEY, which is the Dividend Achievers ETF, is the higher cost one. It's just over 50 basis points or 0.5%. And then if you go to SPHD, the high dividend ETF, it's about, we have it at 30 basis points or 0.3%. So you have to give this category winner goes to SPHD. Uh, nothing confusing here as far as I'm concerned. That's a strong start. Thank you, James. Cynthia, you're up next. How do you see it when it comes to cost between these two ETFs? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to tag along. Uh, nothing to see here. Uh, SPHD, the clear winner in cost. Exposure strategy is the next category. Cynthia, break it down for us, please. Yeah, the, these funds are really interesting because you're, you know, tapping into the dividend space, but from very different places. So PEY, one of the things it requires is actually a track record of dividend growth, at least 10 consecutive years of dividend growth in order to be included in this portfolio. So you are getting the dividend, but you're also getting that dividend growth story, where SPHD is a high dividend yield story, uh, and but a low vol story as well, because SPHD is looking for the highest yielding lowest volatility stocks within the S&P 500. So in one, it's really a matter of choice. Uh, do you prefer to go dividend through a low vol um, perspective or do you rather go through a dividend growth perspective? I mean, what that means in portfolio allocation, sector allocations are very different. Uh, financials is a huge component in PEY where real estate is almost non-existent, but there's a lot of real estate in SPHD. So if you have strong feelings about your sector allocation, I you know recommend looking closely at what you're heavily weighted towards. Uh, but when it comes to dividend, I am a fan of the growth story because you can have a high dividend stock that is high yielding because it's actually the stock price has done poorly. So it's not always a sign of company health where dividend growth to me is more of a sign of quality in a stock. So I'm going to give the edge to PY because of this requirement of 10 years of uh, dividend growth for the inclusion. Great points. Thank you, Cynthia. James, you're up next. How do you see it in terms of exposure strategy? Yeah, I, I see it pretty much the same way that Cynthia sees it. As far as I'm concerned, they both do different things where they're trying to look for more stable companies or low, less volatile companies while offering high yield, which is a pretty common thing that people want right now. Uh, it's just that, as she mentioned, SPHD does it a little differently. It takes the highest yielding and then takes the least volatile and then invests in those, right? So it takes out the most volatile ones uh, and doesn't invest in them. PEY uh, does it by looking for thing, things that have increased their dividend or grown their dividend over time. Um, so I, I tend to agree with her on that front. I, I tend to like PEY for, for the reason she mentions and what I just spoke about. It just gives you a little more different way of looking at things and rather than just sole dividend yield at the current moment, it looks at how has the dividends played out over the last 10 years. Performance and yield is the next category, and James, you're still up, so please give us your take. Yeah, so as far as performance goes, it's pretty cut and dry. Um, PEY has been the one that's outperformed for since the bottom in March of 2020. Um, so PEY is going to win on performance on that front. 
As far as yield goes, according to Bloomberg's calculations, we have PEY is also offering a higher yield. So his performance has done better over the last three-ish years, uh, and PEY is off also offering a higher yield. So I'm going to give the edge here to PEY. Yeah, I agree with James. The performance is there for PEY. I actually think yield, there's not a huge difference between if you look at 30-day SEC yield, they're both above 4%. It's not a lot of difference there. But uh, when you put the two together, uh, the performance really PY stands out. It seems to me like the mystery battle category could be the deciding factor in today's contest. Let's see what our judges come up with. Cynthia, the mystery category is next. So give us your mystery battle category. What is it and which of these ETFs wins it? So I was when I was, you know, diving into these funds, uh, if you look at all the paperwork on the Invesco website, uh, they have a breakdown for each of these funds, which they call the style allocation. And I thought that was really interesting because when you compare both funds, SPHD actually has a really strong tilt towards value uh, in both the large and mid cap space where PEY uh, has a lot of expo has much less tilt towards value. It's much more bland and has actually uh, a lot of growth uh, in there as well. So I, I thought that was kind of a, a cool way to understand your factor tilts or your style tilts uh, within comparable portfolios. So for, for the era we live in right now for value outperforming growth, um, I would give it to SPHD because of this value tilt um, in the way it's built. But it's a narrow lead. <laughs> okay, so I got you down for your mystery category, SPHD. Thank you, Cynthia. James, you're up next. What is your mystery battle category and which of these ETFs wins it? Yeah, so um, my mystery battle category is just going to be size and liquidity. Um, so it, that's usually what I go back to when I can't decide for a real reason to pick one ETF or the other, then I'll go back and just see what's the largest and most liquid version, which probably isn't the best thing for an ETF analyst to say. Um, but in this case, it's going to be SPHD. Um, it's, uh, it's, it has a lot more liquidity, um, than PEY and it's about, it's a little bit more than double the size of PEY. Um, so for the mystery category of mine, I, I lean towards SPHD. Well, let's give our judges one final opportunity to weigh in with their overall battle winner. And let me just say, up until now, our judges have agreed across the board. I mean, they have been like a broken record, identical in their analysis and choices. But let's see what they have to say. James, let's give you an opportunity to give us your overall battle winner. Which of these ETFs stands out to you? Yeah, so... As Cynthia hinted at, the, the allocations here are actually very different. Like they seem like they should offer similar strategies, but if you look at the holdings, there's very little overlap. These are very different funds. They offer very different returns. Um, just from a the other thing I, I mentioned, I always like to look at size and liquidity. I also like to look at how diverse is the holdings exposure. And both of these have like 50-ish stocks that they hold. It's not like they there's a difference there either. Um, but still, I, I tend to just lean towards PEY just because I like the thought of investing in companies that have invested, uh, have uh, increased their dividends over the last decade. It just, 
I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just me in my head, and there's no reason to do it. But it just sounds like a, a good way to invest. They're stable companies, and if you're looking for yield, you're probably looking for income in more stable companies. Um, but as Cynthia mentioned, it's the, the names aren't exactly names that you think of as being necessarily super stable. But a lot of the names are. They have the so I lean towards PEY things like Altria Group, Verizon, a bunch of other healthcare services companies that are at the top that are have steadily increased even dividends or offered dividends over the last decade. So if you're looking for something like these two, I tend to lean towards PEY. And I did mention liquidity and size before. I mean, for 99.9% of people, the liquidity and size of PEY will be more than enough for them if they're looking at investing in their personal portfolio. Cynthia, your last chance to give us your overall battle winner. You know, I've been debating this all day between a split decision or PEY. And the reason is, you know, differences are good uh, because ETFs aren't a one-size-fits-all thing. So depending on what you're looking to do, you know, do you rather have a lower vol ride as you capture some yield? Do you rather have that track record of ca- of yield growth, uh, dividend growth? So these are different choices that will fit different ETF investor needs. Now, I'm always very cautious about the high yield chasers. Um, and last year, it was a huge, huge part of the market. There was so much money that went into high dividend yield ETFs. Because, you know, it's always important to remember that sometimes you get a high dividend yield on a company and it's not for a good reason. It could be because actually, you know, valuations are compressed or prices under stress or, or things like that. So I, I think they're both equally great products delivering on what they're designed to do and they both do it really well. Um, but, you know, overall, I'm with James. I like that dividend growth story. I think it's just, you know, it's a quality thing. It's a longevity thing. It's, if you this is a, a longer-term holding, I think you'll sleep better at night knowing that these companies you own have been consistently increasing dividend yields, which in that case is a sign of company growth um, strength. So I would go with that. I would add, so to onto what Cynthia said, I couldn't agree more. I, I'm not a huge fan of dividend yield weighting because as price collapse in some of these names, your yield is going to go up and you're going to increase in weighting. If you look at PEY, TDS is at the very top for that specific reason. So we, we do this thing where we look at like what is the most passively owned stock and TDS is over 50% passively owned because a lot of these dividend yields things, it fits all these screens that we're talking about. It's the number one holding in PEY now. It's going to get dumped from a lot of different ETFs because it does doesn't mean market cap market cap standards for the indices that they track. So there are true pitfalls to doing anything dividend yield weighted. Um, so that that's one thing I would say to anyone looking at investing in these things. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to throw that in there and add that in. Thank you so much, James, for adding that color. Very helpful. And our judges have spoken. And according to my battle scorecard, today's winner is PEY. And our judges brought it. And, uh, of course, they agreed in most categories, actually everything, pretty much. It's, but it was not a clean sweep for PEY, even though they agreed. Um, SPHD did win a few categories like cost as well as a mystery battle category. But our judges made very clear a couple of points. Number one, PEY, obviously focusing on dividend growth, whereas SPHD focuses on that dividend sort of value tilt because you got the low volatility screen happening. And so, um, but I think one of the the big takeaways from today's episode was that you just don't want necessarily a high dividend strategy because 
some of the companies in that type of strategy, as our judges mentioned, may be there, not necessarily because they've got good earnings or stable dividends, but because their share prices has collapsed. And as a result, the dividend looks great. So just be aware of that. It was a great point that both of our judges hammered on. And uh, I think it's uh, just worth mentioning again as a final key takeaway. Well, let me just say, I enjoyed today's episode. Great analysis. And um, we really appreciate James and Cynthia, both of you, for breaking it down for us with today's Dividend ETF Showdown. Good job. Thanks for having me and thanks for the suggestion. <laughs> yes, thanks, Ron. This was fun. We really drilled into these two uh, a little bit further than I typically do on, on these ETF battles. So this one was particularly fun. Yeah, we appreciate that. Visit the description section below for research links to both of our judges. Get in touch. While you're there, also check out the link to our program, Sponsor Direction Investments. You'll also see a section with viewer resources along with our upcoming retirement planning webinar. So check that out. I'm Ron DeLegge. Thanks for watching ETF Battles. And until next time, we'll see you then. The Direction Daily S&P 500 Bull and Bear 3X Shares ETFs. Trade under the ticker SPXL for the 3X Bull and XPSS for the 3X Bear. These leveraged ETFs seek a return that is 300% of the performance of the S&P 500 Index for a single day. The S&P 500 Index holdings include names such as Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, and Facebook, with index sector weightings including information technology, healthcare, financials, and consumer discretionary. These are highly leveraged ETFs with daily resetting designed for short-term trading, not long-term investing. To magnify your short-term perspective, whether you're a bull or a bear on S&P 500, you choose the direction. For up-to-date pricing and performance, go to direction.com. Index holdings are subject to change. Investing in the funds involves significant risk and should only be utilized by investors who understand the impact of leverage and actively monitor their portfolio. They are not designed to track the underlying index for more than a day before investing. Carefully consider a fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at direction.com. Read carefully. Distributor Foresight Fund Services.